Thank you. Well, looking forward to being with you today and sharing from God's Word the lesson that we have just heard, uh, the story of the faith journey of a man who was born blind. The story, as we heard it, uh, starts for this man uh, in the same place it starts for us all. He's sitting in darkness, just as we uh, are born in sin and are um, we're told elsewhere in Scripture, dead in our trespasses and sins, but this man is sitting, waiting, blind. And in the course of a conversation, Jesus reaches in and touches him. I think it's interesting that in this, uh, in this story, as opposed to other people who have come to Jesus for healing, uh, this blind man is, doesn't, isn't reported that he was asking to be healed. It doesn't, it's not reported that anyone brought him to be healed. Uh, it, evidently, he's sitting by the roadside, the disciples bring him up in conversation, and Jesus offers the healing, uh, and he says that the work of God might be displayed in his life. So Jesus makes mud, puts it on his eyes, and gives him an instruction. So now the man has a choice to make. He can uh, obey, or he can not obey. So this is the first, this is the first step in his faith journey. He has an opportunity to grow or not to grow. Uh, and of course, we see that he does obey. And the darkness is lifted. It says he goes and he washed and he came home seeing. Now this is a huge miracle in and of itself. Uh, to have been born blind, to have lived the life that he lived, uh, never having seen, and suddenly he can see. And it uh, it's gathers quite some attention from the people that, uh, if, that have lived with him, that have seen him. Uh, and there's some argument, again, about, about the identity of this man born blind. Uh, is this him? Is this the guy that we've seen begging? Or is this someone that just looks like him? Uh, and he, he says, no, it's me. I, that was me. I, I was blind. Now I see. Uh, and they said, well, how did this happen? <clears throat> and so the first report of this man... He says in verse 11, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes, told me to go wash. I went and washed, and then I could see. So this is important. I think that, think that this is a second step. So, so the, the man who was blind, who has been healed, refers to Jesus as the man they call Jesus. He, uh, he went from not knowing who Jesus was to knowing, that, knowing him only as the person who gave him physical sight. So this is a step. We've gone from not knowing him to knowing him as simply a man. Well now, now this, this man who has been healed is now caught up in a, a social, political power struggle. See, the Pharisees are trying to retain their influential positions in society, and they see Jesus as a threat to that. Uh, furthermore, Jesus is making claims uh, associated with his miracles that he is sent from God, that he is, in fact, the Son of Man, the Messiah that uh, has been promised. And that would totally undermine their, uh, their, their social and political um, identities. Uh, so they're, they're having, they're having some, some trouble coming to grips with this fact that, that Jesus is claiming to be the Messiah and doing these miracles. And so we see um, in verse 16, some of them uh, see Jesus, they see him doing little things like, uh, you know, healing on the Sabbath, which uh, they think is work, and, and so they think that he, he's breaking the Sabbath. And they see that um, his not keeping the Sabbath, that's a disqualifier. He can't be sent from God. 
Others of them are saying, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they see the fact that Jesus healed this man as the ultimate qualifier. Like, he's healing people. There's, we, we, can't, we can't say anything against him uh, because we're not seeing anyone else healing people. Uh, and so, so this man who has been healed, he's, he's pulled into this. Uh, he's pulled into this power struggle, and I can just see him, uh, you know, he goes from being sort of an outsider uh, of society to now being pulled into this room where the, the big wigs are sort of uh, arguing and fighting it out and, um, you know, having this argument, and they turn to him, finally, it says in verse 17, finally they turned again to the blind man and say, what have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. And the man replied, he's a prophet. <clears throat> so, this man's on a journey. He went from not knowing who Jesus was to knowing him simply as the man who uh, restored his sight to now he's saying he's a prophet. So, so he's, he's coming along. Now, we don't know how he said that. Um, in the context of that situation where he was in, that, that, uh, that argument between the powers that, of the day, uh, he might have been trying to keep peace and saying, well, he's a prophet? Uh, you know, just trying to find some middle ground. Or he could have been saying with conviction, saying he's a prophet. He, look, he healed my eyes. I'm, I can see now. Um, either way, he's growing in his realization of the significance of the event, that, that the res- restoration of his sight is, is just part of what's going on uh, with Jesus of Nazareth. So then there's a little section in there with the sidebar with the parents. They bring the parents in because now they're saying, uh, that, that, that this man wasn't healed at all. They're saying this wasn't even the man that was born blind. So they bring the parents in to try and, to try and get them to say, no, that's not our son, that's not, um, that's not the guy. Uh, but they, they refuse. They don't want any part of this, 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 uh, this struggle. Um, and so they just sort of kick it back to the man who, who has been healed. So we get that little sidebar, and the, the Pharisees call, call the man back. So... Verse 24, a second time they summoned the man who had been blind, and they say, give glory to God, they said. We know this man, meaning Jesus, is a sinner. And he says, whether a sinner or not, I don't know. What I do know is I was blind, and now I see. And so now they say to him, well, what did he do to you? How did he open his eyes? So what, what they're trying to do here, they're trying to, um, they're trying to, they're testing this narrative that, Maybe Jesus was there, but he really didn't have anything to do with the healing. So they're saying, they're telling him to give glory to God because we know that this man's a sinner. So they're saying the healing didn't come from the man Jesus, it came from God. So what we want you to do is just leave Jesus out of the story, give glory to God that your sight is restored, uh, but leave Jesus out of it. And he says, uh, you know, this is what I know. The guy put mud on my eyes, then I went and washed it off and I could see. Um, and so then they question him, well, what did he do? How did he open your eyes? So they're trying to make it seem like the mud and the going and the washing that Jesus told them, they're trying to make it seem like maybe that was just coincidence. Maybe you can just say uh, that, that Jesus wasn't part of it, that God did the healing. So th- at this point now, uh, now this man who had been born blind, who is now healed, now he begins to take a stand. He's not, he's not cutting, he's not threading the needle with this, maybe he's a prophet, uh, He's, he's saying, no, this, is, this man was sent from God. He says, look, I already told you, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? 
So he took a side, makes them very upset, and they started hurling insults at him. And um, now they're saying that he's, that he's been part of this whole charade the whole time. You're this fellow's disciples. We're the disciples of Moses. This is verse 28. And he, they say, we know that God spoke to Moses, but for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. And now the man answers. And, and I, I, I think this is uh, maybe my favorite part. Um, the man answers, now that is remarkable. Uh, so most of you don't know my father-in-law, but when, uh, for years that was his favorite saying when somebody uh, was doing something that he thought was less than intelligent. Uh, or if you said something or asked a question that, uh, that you, know, you should have known the answer to, he would say with just uh, ultimate derision, just like, that is remarkable. Uh, and so you knew, you knew he was upset if he said that to you. Remarkable. Uh, he, you knew that you were missing some uh, important truth. And so I can just hear that, uh, that sort of like, uh, the sort of chiding in this man's voice when he says, now that is remarkable. You don't know where I come from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. No one's ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So, now this man who was born blind has come all the way from not knowing who Jesus was to knowing him as a man who healed him to wondering if perhaps he was a prophet to now realizing this important, important truth. If he were not sent from God, he could do nothing. Well, that gets him kicked out of the trial, perhaps kicked out of uh, uh, the the synagogue. We're not exactly sure what it means when they say, and they threw him out. If that's, if, you know, the word there could be construed as excommunicated. So, uh, you know, he's, he's thrown in his lot with Jesus to say, this is the man who was from God. And, uh, and that gets him kicked out of that society, or at least kicked out of that scene. And here's a part that I think is beautiful. Uh, in verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, now, when he found him, Jesus was still looking for this man. The, the, the man who had been blind wasn't looking for Jesus, not from the get-go when, when Jesus offered him healing, and not even afterward when he realized he was from God. He didn't go back and seek him out. Jesus still is pursuing the man because right from the get-go, when Jesus was saying why he was going to heal him, he said, this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Jesus is interested in this man's whole life, not just his eyes. Jesus is interested in him knowing the truth of who he, Jesus, is. And he said to him, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. So he, he worshipped him. That's, that's, that's what you do to God. So he's, this man has gone from being blind to being aware of Jesus to being aware that he's potentially a prophet to knowing and asserting that he's sent from God to now worshipping him rightfully as the God of the universe. That's, a, that's, an incredible, that's an incredible faith journey. That's an incredible story. It's an incredible... Um, testimony to how Jesus is reaching out to this person. So what, 
what lessons can we learn about this? What can we learn about Jesus and, and God from this story? Well, we know that we don't have to reach out to him in the hope that he will answer us. But in fact, the other way around is true. Jesus is reaching out to us. Jesus wants his power and the work of God to be displayed in our lives. And he is seeking after us to offer us the things that only he can offer. Uh, that abundant life that only comes through the knowledge of him as Savior and Lord. So my question is, where are you in your faith journey? Who do you say that Jesus is? Is Jesus just a man? Is Jesus maybe just a prophet? Or have you experienced him in a way that you recognize that he's from God? Or have you come to worship him as God, as he claimed to be? If you are waiting for an invitation, this is it. <coughs> we have not, most of us, been healed of a disability. However, we have been offered the freedom from the weight of guilt and sin in our lives, and we owe our worship to Jesus. Have you made that choice? Jesus wants you to worship him. Jesus wants to take away the things that are blinding you to the abundant life he has to offer. And if there's something in your life that does need to be healed, whether a physical ailment or some trauma you carry or some emotional baggage, why not bring it to Jesus, the one who can heal? We have prayer team members on uh, chat lines and, um, and phone numbers that you can call and be prayed with. You can call and make personal prayer appointments to, to bring your cares before the one who can lift them from you. And our teams would love to pray with you and to introduce you more closely to this person, Jesus, who comes to heal, who comes to forgive, who comes to make things right. And my prayer for you is that you wouldn't stop. You wouldn't let the questions of, the, of society, you wouldn't let the questions of, of where this might lead you and what group you might be part of, that you wouldn't let those things keep you from knowing the person of Jesus and his healing power in your life. So please reach out. Please reach out to Jesus. Please reach out to someone from our team who can help introduce him to you and, and come to him for healing. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you that he came to us, that, that we're unable to come to him. We thank you for his death on the cross that makes it possible for us to be in communion with you. Lord, we thank you for th this opportunity. God, I pray for those who might be listening who don't know, don't know the warmth and love that is available through the person of Christ. And God, I pray that you would just open the door to their hearts, that they would reach out, that they would take that first step of obedience and come and be made clean and be made whole. God, for those who are on, uh, who are on our team, that I pray that you would give them the words to share uh, to draw those to you. And we pray all of this and lift it up in Jesus' name. Amen.